0: Moncrief on News Talk,
1: brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Perhaps we can meet after you've spoken with Uncle Jack Markle, who I believe is your wife's uncle, Jack Nelson. Hey,
0: <laughs> the guy knows things
1: that can get him killed, and he says them out loud. I have a high regard for Mister Nelson. He has a history on him like me on. Jack Nelson's past is forgotten. Not forgotten. I'm not gone just your eyes from the records like me I'm get my regards will you? you haven't touched your drink Tom You know since we last met Michael well I've become a better man. I now realise that whiskey is just fuel for the loud engines inside your head. There you
0: go. Uh, That's uh, uh, Peaky Blinders, the final series of Peaky Blinders. uh, New episodes uh, of that final season running every Sunday at 9pm on BBC One. And as you've just heard there, uh, Tommy Shelby no longer drinks and miraculously can speak French. Uh, uh, James Dempsey joins us once again. Uh, Had you been a fan of this, James?
1: Um. Oh God! I, I can already immediately draw the ire of every listener because I would say I was relatively indifferent to Peaky Blinders, and it has such like, it has. It, it people love it. People absolutely just are wrapped up with it and think it is. Yeah. I mean, look, even at the influence it has had on fashion, right over the last, you know, mm. since twenty thirteen when it when it debuted, and suddenly the 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 like Birmingham 1918 haircut (laughs) is uh, suddenly the trendiest thing you could possibly get again and for me I watched the first season of it um during lockdown one way back when. uh, And I thought it was fine, right? And I have sort of gone on in dribs and drabs since then. And obviously, to anyone who is a diehard fan of the show, you might think, well, how can you possibly judge it when you are not, you know, when you're not watching it regularly? And to that, I'll say I liked the first two episodes. (laughs) So give me a break. So basically, um, I think it is a very handsomely well-made drama as a casual viewer i can't say definitively whether or not i think tommy shelby as played by killian murphy is going to go down in the annals of tv history as sort of another uh, triumphant anti-hero uh, tony soprano style you know person that people take to their hearts despite being uh, no good in to his core but there is just something very um very lavish about this production right so obviously it's a bbc show but it looks incredibly stylish and well put together, mm. and um, Stephen Knight, who is the the creator of it, you know, he clearly has a very um clear understanding of what he wants the visual of the show to be like and there are all these references throughout to, uh, to particularly to like hell right so for example there was a scene in these first few episodes where uh, Tommy was meeting up with uh, with Tom Hardy as Alfie Solomons and he literally descended in this red lift <laughs> into the bowels of the earth to find him in this like subterranean chamber and if that's not a heavy handed metaphor <laughs> I don't know what else could be but as a casual viewer, I will say I, I found these two opening episodes of season six, which I believe is its one song, to be very, very kind of um, moving the plot forward, right? So first of all, they had to deal with the death off screen of uh, Helen McCrory, who played Aunt Polly, who uh, succ- succumbed to her cancer, I think last summer, and needed to be sort of, you know, it's always very, very difficult for when that happens to any kind of production, how you can how you can satisfactorily you know um explain their absence and i thought they did that quite sensibly and quite um quite neatly at the beginning of the first episode and I won't go into what happens because obviously I think that would qualify as a spoiler but then I think as what happens with every season of uh, of Peaky Blinders they pushed the timeline forward and suddenly we found <laughs> Killian Murphy on Saint-Miquelon which is some French department I actually was watching it going if this is off the coast of Canada why aren't they speaking Canadian French but then he went uh, at some point to explain that actually it's a French department so they would be speaking I guess Francophile European French Okay, but yeah um suddenly he's you know, I when I watch shows like this, I always think of like my mother's viewing of things like this because uh, she would be putting on subtitles and also darkening every room because it was so gloomy and murky that I, the room I was watching it in, I had to turn down all the lights to even be able to see what was kind of going on in the dark and grimy shack that they were having some pivotal meeting in. But I thought uh, the the sort of the drama, the tension, the music even that we heard in the clip there You know, it it really sort of punctuates the drama very neatly and nicely, and it's just a lovely production to behold. Now, because I'm only a casual viewer, I'm not quite as invested in the drama, right? And I can't get over that. But I will say these opening two sort of were a good reinvitation for me to start to like sit down and go the whole distance of this final season.
0: Right. Okay. And you can't say much further uh, 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 much further than that. And we'll be interested interesting to see. Uh, how the story arc ends. And like, it should be said that the action is, has the action moved exclusively now to the
1: U.S.? I think there's going to be, so uh, there's this going to be, this is like a three part. (laughs) Tommy's got a three part war going on, right? He's got uh, internal civil war in the, in the Shelby family uh, with his cousin. He's got uh, drama going on at home with, um, Mosley with uh, what's his name? Uh, played by Sir Oswald Mosley, played by slam, Sam Claffin, who because um, you kind of forget that he's also an MP, right? oh. So, like, at one point, he stood up, you know, in the Commons and gave this rousing speech towards social housing, which was very resonant to this day. Um, but on the whole, he's also then dealing you know, heroin into Boston, and uh, in doing so, has encountered uh, his his. Cousin's father-in-law, I believe, or something, something like that. Anyway, a relative of his of his cousin's uh, wife, who's played by Anya Taylor Joy. I have to admit, when I was writing the cast list for this, I stopped at ten, but I could have gone to on to about twenty because there are so many characters in the show. Oh yeah, and 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 we have an ongoing battle between you know in in Boston at home, and then an internal family strife one going on as well. So certainly, if there are four more episodes, which I imagine there's six episodes usually in a UK season, uh, there is plenty of scope for backstabbing to take place here
0: yeah yeah it will be interesting to see how they because I suppose uh, particularly for the uh, the character of Tommy Shelby there's only there's I don't know I don't want to say any spot because I don't know but I just you know
1: It doesn't look good. I Uh, I don't look, I think in some ways for him, like, you know, a a timely demise is as much of a happy ending as he could hope for.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Given that, yeah, given that reminded his, you know, perpetual um, attempts to to take his own life uh, is featured uh, regularly on there. Uh, Right. Okay. well, that's uh, that's Peaky Blinders. Uh, Our next show is Joe versus Carol. All episodes now streaming on Peacock on Now TV. Of course, you can get Peacock on Sky as well. Here's a clip. Okay, this is the way he treats your audience, imagine how he treats his cats.
1: I think you need to shut your mouth, Carol, acting
0: like some goddamn saint. I would like all the listeners to know. That you're freaking crazy? I will not rest in my life until abusers like Joe are kept as far away from animals as possible. Ha! Like you can keep me away from my animals.
1: Well, we will see. Damn right we will. Just because the Zeus back in my name don't mean you want. You have no idea what I'm willing to do for my animals.
0: You have no idea what I'm willing to do. Okay, let's take a breather. Right. It is at this point a cliche where people says, does the world need this? Um, uh, but it is actually completely uh, appropriate in this particular instance. Does the world need a dramatized <laughs> version of the Tiger King?
1: The world certainly doesn't need this dramatized version of the Tiger Tiger King. But to answer your actual question, no, definitely not. Like, certainly if. okay, this version of it is actually not based on the Netflix documentary. This is an adaptation of a podcast that was known as the Tiger King. Right. uh, Which was created by a U.S. channel. And from that popularity of that, I think Netflix was able to cobble together the money to produce the the tv show taken from all the footage that we saw you know april 2020 or wherever that happened and the thing about the targeting is it was you know the netflix version anyway it was it was this you know cultural moment uh, early in the pandemic millions and millions and millions of us watched it i definitely reviewed it on this show i but it has not aged well <laughs> right oh. like in, in the 2 years um since it debuted uh, sort of I think we all kind of have come a bit to our senses and thought, actually, that was really not a pleasant thing that we sort of were all laughing at and viewing. Mm. And certainly the biggest victim of it all uh, is the Tigers. And the second biggest victim of the show was um, Carol Baskin, who was absolutely just raked across hot coals in that show and some very spurious uh, rumors were were laid forth about her whether you believe them or not is up to each individual listener but when they announced that they were going to make this show um you know i don't think anyone really was sort of you know chomping at the bit to see a dramatized version of the tiger king and then i guess the the casting maybe propelled it a little bit on right so you have kate mckinnon who you, best be known as a comedian on Saturday Saturday Night Live. Uh, if you've watched any kind of major hits of that over the last five years, she's been in many of them. And then John Cameron, Cameron Mitchell, He's probably best known as the creator and star of Hedwig and the and the Angry Inch, which was this off Broadway show that then went on to become a cult movie. But he's appeared in various other things. He's got a recurring role in um, he had a recurring role in The Good Wife, and also he has directed a couple of very successful films in his own right as well. And he is dead on casting for Joe Exotic. I mean, he's he physically resembles him, but he's also this you know, he's this larger than life character himself. So he does a very, very good Joe, uh, Joe exotic impression. Kate, Carol Baskins, uh, you know, as played by Kate McKinnon, the major issue there is that she's 22 years younger than the real Carol Baskin. Right. So, you know, we all know what Carol Baskin was like if we watched the show and Kate McKinnon plays her a kind of a daffy, but paired back version of it. But she's just too young. She's just far, far too young in this role. And when I watched the first episode of this, I thought it was just absolute rubbish, especially because, and it makes sense, right? A major criticism of the documentary series is how it didn't really look at the animal cruelty aspect of the show. In this version Every animal is a computer generated, you know, piece of uh, coding and it looks like it. Every tiger, every, every, I don't know, every cat, every lion, whatever. Uh, they look like they came straight from Jumanji 1995. It is bad, bad CGI. right? <laughs> and I, I sat watching the first episode going, this looks cheap. It looks bad and we don't need it. There are eight episodes, which is definitely four too many than there should be because we already know what the story is right hmm. if you've watched the series if you heard the podcast you know what it is and sort of the tagline of this is like you only know half the tale but i have to admit after watching all eight episodes i think it turns out i knew all the tale, right i don't you know i didn't i didn't get any extra depth thrown at me from from a few sort of off-camera bits the only sort of bit that perhaps i hadn't learned from the documentary was that Joe Exotic uh, had this first husband in the 80s who died of complications from AIDS, which I don't recall that being mentioned in the documentary and certainly not in anything than a fleeting reference. And this is explored much more um, sensitively and uh, in depth in the show here, but also then abandoned just at one point. And the emotional payoff doesn't come. I, I will say it grew on me slightly right? Every episode I sort of took it ever more slightly, well didn't take it to heart as so they're not the right way of putting it but it wore me down <laughs> and I sort of, did you know I, by the end of it I wanted to go the whole distance. I will also give a shout out to Irish actor Sam Keeley who plays John Finley, who I will best describe as uh, Joe Exotic's, the, the one of Joe Exotic's husbands who has very few teeth and he <laughs> and for Sam Keeley who is an Irish actor who has been <clears throat> in the likes of Kin and various other Irish productions, but hasn't really had an opportunity, you know, to, for want of a better term, to have something to bite onto, this has proved to be a much more full role for him. And he plays John Finlay very, very interestingly, who is this, you know, I guess, uh, interesting character, you know, sort of down on his luck guy who falls under the spell of Joe Exotic and what that means. And it's a really good performance for him. And the show is full of good performances. I'll also call out Kyle McLaughlin of, you know, Dune fame and various, you know, uh, P- Twin Peaks, et cetera. Yeah. He plays Harold, uh, Carol Baskin's uh, most recent husband, Howard Baskin, very, very deadpan and very, very funny. But on the whole, if you've never heard of the Tiger King, then yes, absolutely. Sit down and watch this. You'll find it larger than life, incredible, and probably very, very good. If you haven't, uh, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you, sorry, if you have heard of good then don't bother. You've seen it all before. Is there anything worth watching on Peacock anyway? There, there are a couple of things I really, really like. Um, I love the new save by the Bell. I think it's really funny. Absolutely skewers um, Euphoria incredibly well in one of its episodes. I, there's a canceled TV show called um, Difficult People with Billy Eichner. And uh, that's very, very funny. Quite quite uh, dark humor, but it is canceled. So I'm not making any new ones. Um, there's there's Look, I haven't explored it fully to be able to tell you exactly, but... Um, it's a free to air, you know, uh, service in the U.S. for NBC. So it's kind of a dumping ground for, for, for mm-hmm. sort of no, lo- no longer on the air NBC shows and a few straight to Peacock ones like this.
0: Right. Our third show is Love is Blind 2. All episodes now streaming on Netflix. Here's a clip. Hello. Hi. Who am I talking to? I don't know. Take a guess. No. The, oh, Shana. There you go.
1: What?
0: No, that's what I was hoping for. What are you wearing over there? Hello, hello. Shannon, stop. It's Natalie. Of course. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Are you good? <sighs> like, what, you, you, do you think I might or what? I mean. Listen, if you think I'm a d- I, I feel like that's kind of weird no offence, but... hey yo, go. That's uh, Natalie talking to a drunk guy uh, judging by <laughs> his diction on uh, Love is Blind 2. Uh, uh, so uh, remind people what the premise is.
1: So the premise is that a group of singletons um, and aspiring, I guess, <laughs> uh, Instagram stars uh, go and take part in this reality dating competition in which they are split on gendered lines. And they go on these dates through the medium of what are called pods or um, cells would be another word. And they are divided by a wall and they talk to each other through this wall without ever seeing each other. And over a series of um, dates, they're supposed to see if they hit it off and then they may be fall in love. And then somebody, usually the man, because this is a very sort of patriarchal show, the man proposes through the wall. And it is only after a successful marriage proposal that they they meet in person for the first time. And then they go to Mexico on a honeymoon before they get married. And then they live together in what looks like an Airbnb before they get married. They meet each other's families and then they go. have to, at this point, I think they are contractually obliged to go all the way to a wedding service. At which point in front of all of their friends and family, although not really, it's usually about 30 people on a patio, they can either dump each other or get married. And this debuted on Netflix in 2020 in the summertime, I think, as a sort of like summertime reality TV show as part of Netflix, sort of, you know, Netflix is producing these very, very expensive movies. So they need cheap content as well to keep the masses happy. And uh, Love is Blind, you know, I, I have to admit the first season, it is a very good season of reality TV show because this concept was new. The characters were new. And there was a lot of drama, which is really what you want in this kind of show, right? You don't like if you're sitting down to watch a reality TV dating show, you're not looking for Peaky Blinders. (laughs) You're looking for a reality TV dating show. So you want drama, you want messiness, you want fighting, and maybe you want a bit of love. So two years later, it has returned with a second season, though in the meantime, Netflix has been busy because there has been one season of Love is Blind Brazil. There has also been one season of Love is Blind Japan. And now we have Love Is Blind Two, and in it, um, you know where we meet the characters. Uh, it, the people we heard there were uh, Natalie and Shane. He's this kind of like surfer bro with a manic stare, <laughs> and she's this uh, kind of straight laced uh, consultant. And do, you know, and opposites attract through the medium of a wall. But other couples, you know, you have like, well, there's no point in me going through who they are, but there are other couples, and we have a few weddings now. I was watching this show over the weekend, and. <laughs> A friend of mine who lives in Paris messaged me to say, you know, but James, where was the bride falling down a cliff or not falling, falling down a hill while running from her husband? Where was the drunken fights? Where was all of this? And I have to agree with him. This season is much more pared back. It is not as drama fueled. And part of the problem here is sort of the production In a show like this, you know, it is reality is in inverted commas, right? Because it is produced and the fights are generated and Mm. and and pushed along by producers who want something to point their cameras at. And certainly uh, uh, (laughs) it's kind of funny. The main villain of this season is this guy, a vet named uh, Shake, who sort of uh, immediately in the opening episode makes a, a, a blunder. Well, not really a blunder, he knows what he's saying, but he sort of, he, he through the wall, he says to his date, oh, you know, do you like being held on someone's shoulders at a concert? And he, she's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And he's like, would I be able to lift you up? <laughs> which is a very veiled oh, uh, question about, <laughs> about her appearance. And uh, he is then cast as the villain for the remainder of the show. And he fulfills that ro- role fairly well. But what I enjoyed about him was they do have then this reunion episode at the end, which is also a very common trope in American reality TV shows. Bring them all back together because they're contractually obliged to do it and they all hate each other at this point and at the reunion you know he makes the most uh, straightforward honest appraisal of the show saying look you're all just doing this to get more airtime. you're just you're just a couple to be like on the screen for longer and certainly that kind of um those grubby fingerprints are all over this season now did i watch all 11 episodes absolutely will i uh, will i be tuning in again in in season three I probably will. Have I started Love is Blind Japan? Yep, I'm two episodes in. And I, you know, I'm not immune to wanting just, uh, out, you know, something on in the background. Although I guess I do need to be watching the screen when it's Love is Blind Japan because my Japanese isn't that great. But for, if you're looking for, look, one major advantage of this kind of reality TV show is because it's on a streaming network like Netflix, there is no ads, right? So in a normal reality TV show, they they sort of, show you they they foreshadow what's coming forward by yeah. showing you a clip of this is happening let's go to break then after the break they come back after the break and go this is what's after happening before the break to set up what we're going to show you even though we've already set it up and really in a 40 minute show there's about like 25 minutes of content here we are um, full hours and they are you know the only filler is in the middle episodes are couples are on this nauseating like uh, endless cycle of talking about oh we're in love but will we make it off oh, but can you believe we're engaged and we're like yeah just get to the drama get to the drinking <laughs> and, and, and and when they finally do begin to you know push uh, objects of um distraction and other affections into their way that's when the fireworks happen and that's when it gets good yes
0: at the same time, James, you disgust me for watching this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, as ever, James Dempsey there. The three shows we were talking about today are uh, were Peaky Blinders, new episodes uh, every Sunday at 9pm, uh, Joe versus Carol, uh, all episodes streaming on Peacock uh, TV. And as you just heard there, Love is Blind 2, all episodes are on Netflix. Here you, can, we are, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, is war ever justified?